Sometimes marriages don't work Sometimes babies die Sometimes rehab turns to relapse And you're left just asking why And for all the prayers I pray I still wonder if he's real And if he is, how is he choosing Who he does and doesn't heal I've tried to run from Jesus I've started holy wars I've tried the patient waiting And the kicking down the doors I've cursed his name in anger With my fist raised to the skies And in return, all he's ever been is kind And I burn my share of bridges Learn to tuck my tail and run to Watch the wreckage in the rear view From all the crooked things I've done And I know that he forgives me But it's hard to forgive myself I can't help but think amazing grace Is for everybody else I tried to run from Jesus All right, good morning, church. I'd like to invite you to stand and worship our living God, our Savior. Salvation is here. Salvation has come. Let's worship Him today. Let's sing. God above, the world in motion. God above, all my hopes and fears. I don't care what the world throws at me now.
that you're worshiping with us this morning. Here are your big three announcements for the week. If you are interested in becoming a member here at Southview, we will be holding new member classes starting next month, September 10th, the 17th, and the 24th during the 930 service. If you will text the word MEMBER to 910-424-1298 to sign up for those classes. Also starting September 10th are our equip classes for the fall. What do these equip classes do? Well, they help equip you in walking in a more fruitful and intimate walk with Christ. So text the word equip to 910-424-1298 for more information and to sign up for these classes. And hey, parents, don't forget that next Sunday, the 27th, is Promotion Sunday. So if you have questions about uh, where to drop your child off next week, that may change a little bit. You're welcome to contact the church office at 910-424-1298. And we encourage everyone to download the Southview Baptist Church app. Here you can find sermon notes, the church calendar, announcements, or even give online. So download it today, either on Google Play or iTunes. And there are two ways you can give here at Southview, either online through the app or in our giving boxes as you exit the sanctuary. And if you're a guest visiting with us this morning, we are so honored that you would choose to worship with us here at Southview. If you would, please text the word CONNECT to 910-424-1298 and Pastor Brad is gonna personally follow up with you. We would love to get to know you and see how we can minister to you. Thank you so much for worshiping with us this morning at Southview. And I just want to leave you with one final thought before we get back into singing. 
So why are we here this morning? Why do we gather as a church? Well, the Bible says in Hebrews that we are to love one another and stir one another up to love and good deeds. So this morning, I pray that as you begin to sing and continue singing that your affections for Jesus will be stirred up within you and that as you sing who He is, you'll remember who you are in Him. I love that as you see who He is, you remember who you are in Him. That's wonderful, isn't it? A wonderful truth. Stand with us and let's continue to worship our God, our Savior, Jesus. Above them all, all thrones 
dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all, your name, your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. Another in the fire Standing next to 
Come what may in the space between all the things to see and this reckoning. I know I will never be alone. There'll be another in the fire standing next to me. There'll be another in the waters holding back the sea. Should I ever need reminded? Could you fit to me? I'll count the joy from every battle. steadfast love of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children's children to those who keep his covenant and remember to do his commandments psalmist says the Lord has established his throne since we have these promises beloved let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God.
Bible, let's find the book of Proverbs together, all right? Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs 3. So we are finishing up today a series we're calling I Love That Verse. And the idea behind the series is we're just looking at some popular verses in the scriptures, some verses that just sort of pop off the page at us, uh, verses that are foundational for the Christian faith. And today we're going to look at the idea of trusting God. We're going to be in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. So real quick, let's kind of get a little running start of the book of Proverbs, okay? So Proverbs was written by, anyone know? Solomon, good. I heard some very low mumbles. All right, good. Solomon. Solomon was the wisest man to ever live. Not only is he the wisest man to ever live, Solomon is spectacularly wealthy. He is world famous. 
and he is unbelievably successful. Solomon is so amazing. People travel from all over the inhabited world to come just lay eyes on him, to hear his wisdom, to see his wealth, to experience his unbelievable kingdom. If there's ever a man in the world who can have something to trust in on this earth, it, it would be Solomon. Right? If there's ever a guy that could be tempted to trust in his own wisdom and his own understanding and his own wealth and his own experiences and what he's able to accomplish, it would be Solomon. However, as Solomon is writing the book of Proverbs, he writes Proverbs about halfway through his 40-year reign. So he's about 20 years into being king, and he writes the book of Proverbs. Sorry, and, and as he's writing Proverbs, he's writing it to his son, which I love. The whole point of the book of Proverbs is Solomon is putting down wisdom that he wants to impart to his kids before he dies, which is pretty profound, right? And so as you think of Solomon, this man of profound wisdom and extravagant wealth and ridiculous success and world famous, and he's telling his son, look, here's the most important thing I want you to remember. The most important thing for Solomon that he wants to impart to his kids is trust God. Trust God. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. This is a verse that, again, is very popular. It's probably one, if you grew up in church, you memorized it in Sunday school. You probably have it on a coffee cup or something. So let's read it together. And my hope is this. So here's what happens. And this is one of the things I wanted to accomplish with this series as well. A lot of times verses that we know very well verses that are kind of in just the Christian vernacular, we almost have become inoculated to them and we do not realize the enormity of what it's laying out for us, right? When you really, my, my hope for us today is that you will see Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. It's not just a cute little bumper sticker. This is calling you to something radical. All right, so Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, let's read that together. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. So here's what I want to do. If you're a note taker, I'm going to give this to you. You can also download our app, and on our app you'll have all the sermon notes, or you can... Um, write them out if that uh, works better for you. But here are the four things that I want you to see today. We're going to work back through them together. But here are the four things I want you to see, all right? My goal today is to paint for us a picture of full, complete, total, radical dependence on God. Right? Absolute, uninhibited, full trust in Him. And then what that can mean for us moving forward. So what we're going to see is God is calling us today to trust God with everything. Trust God above everything. Trust God in everything. And trust God through everything. Right, so this is the idea that we're going to create again this clear understanding of how perfect and amazing and wonderful and glorious God and his ways are. 
and how, quite honestly, feeble and foolish it is for us to depend on anything other than him. So that we'll now, man, we're going to trust him with everything. We're going to trust him above everything. We're going to trust him in the midst of everything. And we're going to trust him through everything. All right, so let's do that together. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Let's get our first truth. Trust God with everything. So look at our verse again, that first part of verse 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. I want us to understand again the weight of what that line just laid out for us. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Everything you love, everything you desire, everything you want, everything that's close and dear to you. Trust God with everything. Let's get even deeper. How significant is this thing that he's laying out for us? The word trust. On a surface level, it means to have confidence in the thing. But it goes even deeper than that. On the root word there in the Hebrew for the word trust, it literally means to lay face down before your master waiting for your next command. Right? It is a total and complete submission. Falling on your face, just waiting for the master to tell you to get up and go which way. Trust God like that. With everything. Can I ask a question? And, and again, no one's going to ask you to raise your hand. No one's going to ask you to, you know, say it out loud. Do you really trust God with absolutely everything? Do you? How about this? Because I know many of us, were still lying to ourselves. So let me ask it this way. Would your life give evidence to the fact that you trust God with everything. The way you respond to situations, does it show that you really trust God with that? Let me ask you this. Do your sleep patterns show that you really trust God with everything? I mean, the book of Psalms is going to say, God never sleeps or slumbers. So if he's staying up all night, no need for you to trust him and go to sleep. A lot of times, our lack of sleep is in direct correlation to our lack of trust. Do you trust God with everything? Do you trust God with your marriage? Really? Do you trust God with your kids? Really? Do you trust God with your future? Do you trust God with your disappointments? What happens when... It was supposed to go like this, and it ends up going like this. Do we trust God with that too? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And again, look really specifically at who we're called to trust. God. God. Right? Not ourselves, not our hopes, not anyone else, not someone who could fail us. Trust God. Do you really believe that God is worthy of your full and complete Total trust. Do you trust God with everything that you have? Think of all the silly things that we put our trust in. All the foolish things of this world that we trust. 
All right, let's audience participation, okay? Shout it out to me. What are some of the things that you trust in other than God? Not you, but a friend that you know. Okay, so what are some things that your friend trusts in other than God? Anybody? Money, right? Money, how easy is it to put our hope in our finances that that's going to be okay? What else? Say it again. Food. Did I hear food? Is that correct? Food. You put your hope in food, your trust in food. Wow. They said it, not me. I'm just, I'm just, I'm a messenger. I'm a vessel. That's all I am. Put your trust in yourself, your thoughts, your opinions, your ideas, your emotions. What about other people, right? Put our hope and our trust in what other people think, other people's opinions, other people's thoughts. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do you trust God with everything? Would you at your deepest level admit there are things in your life you're not fully trusting God with? Trust Him with everything. But next, look at the second part of verse 5. Not only that, but trust God above everything. Do not lean on your own understandings. Okay, so let's unpack this just for a second, okay? So, these words matter, right? So the word understanding means discernment, knowledge, beliefs, abilities, ideas. Here's what I want you to understand. You ready? God wants your mind. We talked about this a few weeks ago, how the mind really is central in our walk with the Lord. What we think and, 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 and allowing the Spirit of God to control our mind, to control our thinking and not ourselves. God wants your mind. Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Romans 12, 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Philippians 2.5, have this mind in yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus. He wants your mind. Do not lean on your own understandings. So let's, let's chat about this for a second. The word lean is really important. The word lean means to basically hold on to a a crutch or a cane. So think about a cane. So if you had to walk in here with a cane today, the cane is not carrying you. The cane is not bearing up all of your weight. The cane is not in its own power or ability moving you along. A cane exists just for a little bit of stabilizing, right? Right? You just kind of use it with you just to kind of a a little bit of something just to hold you, just to make sure you don't stumble and fall. You lean on it. It doesn't build you up. It doesn't bear you up. But you lean on it just for a little stability. Hang on. God's about to meddle in your business. Sit tight. Proverbs 3.5 does not say, do not wholly give yourself to your understanding. It does not say, Forget God and just depend on your understanding. It goes significantly deeper than that. Because God understands if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you know you can't do that. 
right? You would never, if you're a follower of Jesus today, you're not in here going to say, you know what? Forget God, forget everything that he thinks, forget everything that he says. I'm going to do just what I want to do. My ways, my thoughts, my ideas, forget him. I'm just doing my own thing. You would never do that. But you know what we do? We, we, yeah, we, we, we're trusting in God, yes. And we lean a little bit on our own understanding. Like we lean a little on it. Right? Just to stabilize us. Right? Just, to, just a, a little bit, just to make sure we're steady. It's so radical. He says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't even lean on your own understanding. Don't even use it just as a quick thing, just a touch, just to make sure you're stable. Don't even lean on it. Trust God above everything. Do you trust God above everything? And you don't even, to the, you trust him so much, you don't even attempt to lean in on your own thoughts or understandings. You just trust God and God alone. Think about it like this. If, if I have one foot on a rock and one foot in quicksand, I'm still going to sink just as sure if I jump two feet into the quicksand. Just because you have one foot on the rock doesn't mean you stay strong. This is what we do often. Like, no, 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 I trust the Lord, and I'm leaning a little on my understanding. Surely this makes sense. Surely this is okay. Surely God will understand. And you sink just as sure as if you jump both feet in. Do you believe that God's ways are really better than yours? Do you believe that? Do you believe that his ways, his thoughts, his ideas, his plans are genuinely better than yours? Imagine this. So my wife and I, we have four kids. Um, our, our girls are our oldest and our youngest, right? Our girls are our bookends. My youngest is nine and my oldest is 18, right? So for my nine-year-old and my 18-year-old, we would say that there are things my 18-year-old knows that my nine-year-old does not know. Things that my 18-year-old understands that my nine-year-old does not understand. Things that my 18-year-old would see and discern and be able to figure out that my nine-year-old can't. We can agree with that, right? So then I have my 18-year-old, and now I am 45. We would say, as a 45-year-old, there are things I know my 18-year-old does not. There are things that I can see and discern that my 18-year-old does not. There are things that I can figure out that my 18-year-old cannot. And every parent with teenagers said, amen. And if an 18-year-old knows more than a 9-year-old, and a 45-year-old knows more than an 18-year-old, hang with me. How much more does an all-knowing, all-sovereign, all-powerful, all-present, perfect God know more than me? How much does sovereign, holy, perfect, pure Righteous, supreme God, no more than you. What I want you to see is the utter foolishness of leaning on your own understanding. I mean, just think about it. The utter foolishness of having an all-wise, knowing, perfect, sovereign God that can clearly direct your path. But instead of just doing what he says... 
you think you got a couple good ideas too. That's crazy town. This is what damned Adam and Eve in Genesis 3. Thinking, well, well, surely this is okay too. Surely this is all right also. Yes, God said this, but in my thinking, as I kind of think through this, I think this will be all right as well. Right? This adding our own understanding, leaning on our own understanding, always leads us away from God and towards destruction. Lean not on your own understanding. And then verse 6. In all your ways acknowledge him. Trust God in everything. In all your ways acknowledge him. So let's think about that, that, that idea of acknowledging him. So if you have an NIV, it's going to say, uh, in all your ways submit to him. Something like that, right? So acknowledge, submit, same idea. So let's unpack it like this. Have you ever been in a situation where you are walking into a store and there's someone a few steps ahead of you and they open the door in front of you and you think they're going to hold the door open for you, but they don't. And it comes back and smacks you right in the forehead. Anybody? Yeah. That's fun. Like, I'm, I'm good. I'm just going to go get some ice. I'm all right. Thanks. What happened there? They were not acknowledging your existence at all. They just bust through that door, giving no thought or acknowledgement to anyone or anything around them. Or have you ever seen this, whether you did it or someone did that for you? You're walking into a store, you see someone around you either coming in after you or coming out as you're going in. So what do you do? You see them, you acknowledge them, you open the door for them, you submit the doorway to them, allowing them to go first, and then you follow. This is the way uh, Proverbs 3.6 is explaining this. When you acknowledge God in all your ways, what are you doing? You're not busting through the door assuming you know what's best. You're not slamming through a way thinking this is just the way I'm going to go. You're stopping. You're acknowledging God. You're submitting to him. You're having him go, and then you just follow wherever he goes. Does that make sense? Acknowledge him in all your ways. Do you stop? And acknowledge and seek and ask God about everything. Everything. But let's get really awkward for a second. I got a thought experiment for you. It's a, a, a spirit experiment. Here it is. What if you made the decision leaving here today that for the next little bit, you were going to ask God what he wanted you to do about everything? Literally everything. God, where would you like us to go to lunch today? God, where would you like for me to go grocery shopping today? God, where would you like for me to park right now? What if you did that? Now, I know the response back to, you is, for, to me is this. That's stupid. <laughs> That's ridiculous. God gave us common sense, Brad. He doesn't expect that. That's ridiculous. Couple of thoughts. Number one, 
then you're going to have to explain to me how, acknowledge in all ways, what that means. You're, you're going to be forced to explain that. Second is this. Listen, just very carefully. Just, just track with me. Have you ever been on a diet where the first phase was a detox? You ever done that? That's just, that is just joy in the Lord, isn't it? Isn't that amazing? Just a gift from God right there. You ever had to go through a detox? Now, what's the point? Now, the point of the detox isn't for the rest of your life, you're going to have to survive off celery and beet juice. That's not the point. The point of a detox phase is you put so much garbage into your body. You put so much junk in you. You got to take some time to cleanse that junk out before you can finally get healthy again, right? And so you go through a detox phase where you intentionally put things into your body that's going to clean you out in multiple ways. And then you go through the process of adding things back into your diet, right? I would submit that you and I both have become subconsciously addicted to our own understanding. We do it so much. We assume everything is common sense. Until you come up with that 1% where the stuff really hits the fan, you got to ask God what he wants you to do. But most of your life, you just do what you want to do. You just live how you want to live. You just act how you want to act. Because after all, God gave you common sense, right? And then as you're doing that, what happens is you become more and more and more and more addicted to your understanding. And that's when it becomes hard. So, so again, have you ever had the experience where you needed to really discern the Lord's will? And ready for this? You had trouble discerning what was God's voice and what was your voice? What does God want me to do this or does he want me to do that? I don't know. Now listen, some of that's just a part of the, the walk of faith. And, and the answer to some of that is, well, what does the Bible say? But, but I think the reason that sometimes we struggle to discern what God's voice is, is because for the 99% of our life, we just do whatever the voice in our head tells us to do. How different, let's just think practically. How different would your health be if you honestly asked God before you put something in your mouth? You think you'd be healthier? I think probably a yes. See, look, natural benefit. God knows what he's talking about. You think your relationship at home might be better if you ask God how you should respond to your spouse before you just said something? Probably your relationship would be better. You think the relationship with your kids would be better if you asked God how to respond before you just flew off the handle? My guess would be yes. What if you just took some time and said, I'm going to actually acknowledge God in all my ways. I'm going to do just what the Bible, I'm going to take the Bible at face value, and I'm going to do that for a little while and see what happens. I'm going to honestly acknowledge and seek the Lord and submit to him and ask what he wants about literally everything I can think of. God, should I be sitting here scrolling through social media or should I be doing something else with my time? God, should I be sitting here watching this on TV? Is this what you want me to watch? What if you truly acknowledged him in all your ways? Just in everything. Guys, it, it's going to change 
our lives. Again, this is what I'm saying. Sometimes we get so accustomed to verses like Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, we don't realize the enormity of what it's saying. That verse is telling you, seek God for direction in all your ways, all the things. How different would it be? How different could life be? And then lastly, that last part of verse 6, trust God through everything. Verse 6, and he will make straight your paths. So if you have like a King James or New King James, it'll say something like, and he will direct your path, which is probably how a lot of us memorize it in Sunday school, which is perfectly fine. But, but the, the Hebrew word there in verse 6 is, has a little more force, oomph to it than that. It, it's not just direct your way, it's direct your path. Like he's going to say, hey, go over there. Literally, he makes the path straight. He goes before you and carves the path. Right? The idea is he takes the, the crooked things where it's like it's hard to discern. Should I do this or should I do that? I just don't know. He takes all the crooked, disjointed pieces and straightens them out clear. And you go, go this way. Right, he makes straight your path as you walk through all of it. Listen, you're going to need to trust the Lord in the midst of all the things. Even as you make a decision, you're going to need to trust the Lord as you walk through that decision, as you do that thing. Right? So why it's a walk of faith. Or how about this? Can we just be honest for a second? Have you ever been afraid to ask God what he wants you to do because you were pretty sure he's going to tell you to do the thing you didn't want to do? Is that just me? Anybody else? God, I'm afraid you're going to tell me to stay in this marriage, and I just don't want to. I'm afraid you're going to tell me to step out by faith and follow in that new opportunity, but I just don't want to. I'm afraid you're going to tell me to forgive that person, and I just don't want to. Sometimes it's hard. I remember when I, um, about 17, 18 years ago, I uh, graduated seminary, got my master's and starting ministry. And, um, you know, I was, I was doing well. I graduated with honors, had a lot of awards, a lot of opportunities. Um, I had professors uh, asking me to stay on at school and work with them. I had prominent pastors in the country offering to put my name in at churches that I just had no business being at. Um, I had leaders from large cities in the country calling, asking if I would come plant a church in their city. I had a lot of opportunities. In the midst of all of that, I had a church contact me from rural North Carolina and said, uh, hey, we'd like for you to come be our pastor. And so uh, I did what we all do. Um, I lied and blamed God. I said, well, I appreciate that, but I don't think God wants me to do that. Well, then they called back. They're like, no, no, we really think you should think about being our pastor. Pray about that. <laughs> Don't say the P word. So, um, so, okay, so I started praying. So, but here's the problem, though. Uh, that church was a train wreck. Uh, and, 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 and I mean no offense to train wrecks when I say that. They had had two church splits in the last 12 months. They were bankrupt, like bankrupt. There was, there was pervasive sin among leaders that was not being dealt with. Like, it was bad. It was like a, it was like a book of the Bible. They were writing like, so, I got to kill you all now, right? And so, it was not a great situation. 
So I, I, I had an idea, right? I was leaning on my own understanding. I, I got an idea. So um, I said, all right, I'll sit down with you. So I sat down with him, and my plan was I was going to be brutally honest. They were going to hate me and not want me to be their pastor. So I said, so I came in. I was like, so they asked me one question. Um, what do you think we should do with our church? And for the next three hours, I did not take a breath. Marie was in the room. She can testify. I was like, burn it down. That's what you need to do. You need to burn it to the ground and start all over. Like, we're going to get rid of everything. We're going to get rid of everyone. you got to stop doing this, stop doing this, stop doing this. You, you, and you, you don't even get to stay here anymore. Like, you just got to leave. Like, we're just everything. So afterwards, we got in the car and we left. And we're driving away. And the very first, it was like awkward silence with Marie and I. Then she turned to me and she said, so you know they're never going to call you now, right? And I said, good. That's the plan. And then they called me. Like, we love your honesty. <laughs> so, so I'll never, like, and it was bad. Like, others in the church got wind of me and, and what, because I, I was like, if you don't know me, if you do, I'm nothing if I'm not honest. Like, cars on the table. If you've ever come in for counseling, for marriage counseling, I'm like, look, cars on the table, going to be honest. Here, I got a full agenda. Here's where I got, right? So I'm nothing if I'm not honest. So I'm sharing with the whole church. Here's the deal. People in the church didn't like that. So I actually, before I even said I'd be their pastor, I had a whole group in the church forming a posse to oppose me. It was horrible. They were like willing in grandmas from the nursing home, helping them raise their hand against me. It was crazy. And I remember I'm sitting on my couch, and I remember praying this and said, God, going to this church would be the dumbest thing I've ever done. Like, it would just be stupid. It would be, it would be, it would be career suicide. How do I explain to the next church why this was such a failure? I, I, what are we going to do here? I can't go. This is nuts. I'm not going to go. I'm not, I'm not going to go. And I remember thinking, God, I'm really, really, really scared you're going to tell me to go. And I don't want to. And I'm sitting on my couch. And I remember very clearly Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Brad, do you trust in the Lord with all your heart? Will you stop leaning on your own understanding? In all your ways, will you acknowledge him and let him make your path straight? And I knew, dadgummit, he wants me to go. So, and so I went. And I'll be honest with you, I, 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 I was not going with full of faith. I thought, uh, I'm going to be done in six months, right? I'm, they're going to kill me. I'm going to kill them. Mutual destruction will kill each other. Like, it's just going to... I was there for 12 years. And God did miracles in them and in me. The amount of pride God worked out of me in the process was amazing. And I would have missed all of that. If I leaned on my own understanding and not trust in the Lord. I need you to hear me. Proverbs 3.6 does not say, and he will make your path easy. He says he'll make it straight. And it may not be easy. 
And there may be a lot of tears and a lot of pain and a lot of difficulty. There may be days where you're thinking, God, I don't know if I can keep going. I don't know if I can do this. Trust through everything. Everything. So why don't we trust God? Here's, I'll give you one thought. I think the main reason we don't trust God is because we don't know him. We don't know him. If you actually knew God, you'd trust him. If you knew he was, if you knew how good and worthy and, and, and glorious and wise and perfect he was, you would trust him. This is why we offer these equipped classes, these short-term 10, 12-week classes where we just want to feed into you, this is who God is, this is who God is, this is who God is. That's why we want you to be a part of journey groups, where weekly groups where you get together with people to, to pray for one another and love one another and go through the Bible together so you can grow in your knowledge of who God is. This is why we encourage you and equip you and teach you, disciple you how to have your own time with the Lord so that you can spend time with the Word to know who God is. Why do you go to the same accountant and the same mechanic and the same hairdresser? Because you know them, therefore you trust them. If you knew God, you trust Him. And if you want to grow in your trust in God, first thing is you got to grow in your knowledge of God. You got to grow in your knowledge of Him. Seek the Lord. And that all begins with this. Have you trusted God for your salvation? Have you trusted God for your salvation? Or are you leaning on your own understanding? I'll work hard enough. I'll be good enough. I'll go to church enough. I'll try to get these things out of my life. If I pray hard enough, then I think I'll get to go to heaven. You're leaning on your own understanding. That isn't going to get you anywhere. In order for you to be saved, you must trust the Lord with all your heart. Trust God. Trust that Jesus Christ came and he died on the cross for your sin. And he was buried and he rose again. And today, right now, you can say, Jesus Christ, I trust you to be my Savior. I trust you to take away my sin. I trust you with my life. Begin today walking the path of righteousness by trusting Jesus as your Savior. For those of you who are brothers and sisters in Christ, is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 true of you? Are you trusting in the Lord with all your heart? leaning not on your own understandings. In all your ways, acknowledging Him, trusting that He will make straight your paths. I'm going to ask you to bow your heads for me. I'm going to pray for us. Our band is going to lead us in worship as we just proclaim and profess our faith and our hope and our trust in God that no matter what happens in this life, we believe that he's going to hold us, hold us fast. Lord God, I pray for us right now. I pray for those here in this room that are wrestling with serious issues and they want to trust you. 
They want to trust in you with all their heart. But God, it's a wrestling match. I pray, God, for them right now. Lord, that they would know that you are gracious, you are kind, and you know their problems, and you know their hurts, and you know their fears, and you desire to see them trust you and walk with you so that you can make those paths straight. God, do this. Do this in us today as every single one of us seeks to grow a little bit more in our knowledge of you, in our trust in you, walking by faith in you. That we would be men and women who trust in the Lord with all of our hearts and do not lean on our own understandings. In all our ways, we acknowledge you and trust that you would make straight our paths. Thank you, Jesus. Do this in us for your glory. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand. Let's worship together, proclaiming to the Lord our trust that he will hold us fast in all things. Let's sing. Let's worship together.
thank you for these truths that have been expressed here today. And God, I pray, I trust that by your Holy Spirit, who resides in your children, your believers, that you will enable us to live out these truths. May we die to self every second of every day so that we might live to Christ. In his holy name we ask these things. Amen. God bless you guys. Have a great week. Summer, winter, spring, and